This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ipswich serve up an almost faultless display in the FA Cup, and it's game, set, and match at Wimbledon. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Hello, good evening, welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, following the fortunes of Ipswich Town Football Club for 750 episodes. My name is Craig Fimbo, and tonight we're getting back to normal as we're live on a Sunday night, just like uh, Brucey and Tarby at the London Palladium, as reliable as those two old timers. Uh, not wish to be rude to my guests. Um, we're live on YouTube and Facebook live, as I say, and after the event on YouTube and your podcast feed of choice. And I am joined by the perennial Southern away day tripper, Mikey Penty-Smith, and a, a veteran of a lot of those 750 pods, David. How many of those are you putting your name against and how oh, are you? I, I don't know. Oh, Lord knows. I don't know. 400, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I'm, I'm not really sure. No, perhaps not that. Certainly half, I would have thought, perhaps. Yeah. I can remember the first one um, very, very fondly. Yeah. Not half as professional. Sorry, Ben, but here a minute. Not half as professional as we are now. But uh, yeah, I can remember it fairly, uh, fairly clearly. Brilliant stuff. And you had a good day? Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I watched the um, watched Arsenal somehow contrive to get beaten by Liverpool. Crikey, they could have been like five nil up in like five minutes. It was it was sort of mad. And um, yeah, sort of watched that. But uh, no other than that, fairly fairly quiet day really. It's good to see we're not the only ones that are struggling for a uh, a striker up a striker up front, is it? It happens. It can happen to anybody. Yeah, I mean, if spot, it happens if you sign what 130 million pound striker, whatever he was, what Kai Havertz or whatever, he's 130. What no, what yeah, a striker. How much has he gone for in transfer fee? Something ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think they're getting. Oh, a quick mass, 130 divided by 1.5. Yeah, whatever that is of yeah. worth of George Hurst, are they? Um, no. Mikey, how was your trip yesterday? And did the early kickoff curtail train beers? I think we want to know. Uh, no, I'm actually doing dry, dry January, Craig. Um, 
Ooh. otherwise yeah i mean the the early kickoff does sort of spoil the the drinking a little bit and where afc women is located ellsfield it's full of really really nice pubs but it's also full of really nice brunch spots so i had a very middle class away day yesterday i went to a <laughs> i went to a place called bean and hop and had some breakfast quesadillas and a and a nice pot of english breakfast tea <laughs> Bean, bean and hop is that like a combination of? It's like one of these um, breakfast cafe places. You you get to have a coffee and then a bit of hopscotch or something. Is it? No, no, it's uh, it's it's Australian. So they do craft beer and pizza in the evening and fancy breakfasts in the in the morning. It wasn't my first visit. Uh, hopefully, it won't be the last. But yeah, a um, little bit of a shame um, not to not to get to enjoy the Wandle and the, the Leather Bottle and all the other nice pubs al- along there. But yeah, mm. a nice a nicer way day to go to. Very relaxed compared to... I think you notice it more now. We've played in these big, big games recently. Just just how... Just just how excited we are by them and the, the adrenaline that you, you have going to these games. Because yesterday, I didn't feel flat. I was looking forward to watching the game. Um, but I didn't have the same buzz when I got out of bed yesterday morning. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's a bit, bit of a different um, atmosphere to the last time we were there as well. I, I would have thought. I just got a, we got a message in here <laughs> from uh, from Ben about the the stewards yeah. who potentially weren't quite as um, clandestine and special ops as they were the last time I was there on <laughs> yeah, Burns the, Night. I think it was, wasn't yeah, it? a couple of years. We ago. did call it Burns Night. Yeah, Burns scored a couple that night, didn't he? Um, yeah, no, no sign of that that mob. Um, yeah, they even let me in with my bottle of coconut water. Great. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, this gets worse. Than... Oh, my God. That, and this, mid- com- this, comment from, middle, middle this comment class. from Paul was before the coconut water <laughs> Even before the coconut water. Oh, my God. The most middle-class football day out in the history. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. All right. Oh, so we know, we know Mikey's... OD'd sorry, on coffee, some... avocado, and uh, coconut water so far. Sorry, sorry. Did I see somewhere that they had like biggest crowd for like years? Yesterday. Yeah. 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 Biggest biggest uh, official crowds uh, since they moved to oh, Wimbledon. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure that every single seat that was sold um, was sat in. Um, no. Felt that way in the away end as well. Uh, mm. Maybe a few people collecting the collecting the point without getting on the bus. Yeah, yeah well, you, you say that about buses. I think, to be fair to some people, and that's the reason I didn't go, is the train. There were no trains into Liverpool Street. Well, there were, but only a certain part way past Colchester, and then it's a bus for the rest of the journey sort of thing. So yeah, people great. may well have bought their ticket and then found out they couldn't couldn't easily get there, and it's, it's a bit of a pig to get to from this side of the country in any case. Um so, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. I've put some um, hellos and good evenings from people already. Um, as ever, I say we're live, so please get your comments in. I'll try and fire up as many as I possibly can, especially if they're to do with Mikey's, Mikey's middle-class status. Um, if, you have any, if you have any questions um, nearer the time of, towards the middle of the show, please um, drop them in the comments. Otherwise, they may get lost in the maelstrom of uh, other comments. And as ever, as the guys say, if you stick a cue at the beginning, it will help me uh, pick it out and it will be uh, easier for the guys to then respond to. Um, in terms of news we had this week, we had a little bit um, earlier in the week, which um, Dave and Rich and our friend Dan, the Blackburn yeah. supporter, um, came across. That was a that was a great little um 
pod, last minute pod. Rich got to play with his klaxon, I think, for the first time, um, <laughs> which is good news. Um, but just quickly, one for you, Mike, as we, we hadn't um, heard from you on, on this. Um, Lewis Travis, a according to Kieran McKenna's post-match interview yesterday, an, an energetic, combative midfielder. Is that what we need? Uh, I mean, it's not what we need most urgently, is it? But um, but we need a Sam Morsley replacement uh, in the short term. And he may, God forbid, pick up an injury between now and the end of the season. He's almost certainly going to get that ban for the 15 bookings, isn't he? He might get a red <laughs> card. Who knows? Yeah. And and Travis um, will also be an alternative to Luongo if we if if Luongo plays. Um, <laughs> if, Sorry, keep talking, Mark. I'll keep putting up play, the. I'll keep putting up the. Luongo can't play the three games in a week, um, and we don't want to go with Taylor because we need to be a little bit more defensive. He might end up playing with Morsey, so I think I think it's a really sound piece of business. Another leader in there as well. We notice hmm. um, we're a little bit low on leaders when when Morsey isn't on the pitch, aren't we? And obviously Burgess away at the moment as well. So, yeah, I think um, a really sound sound signing. I'm not sure what it means for, for Don Ball. Um, yeah. I think he would have liked to have played a lot more than he did at AFC Wimbledon, but that maybe sort of shows where, where he is now in the pecking order. Yeah, very possibly. He does, he does seem to be the, more, the most like-for-like um, ability stroke um, position wise as Don Ball doesn't he really of, of not the non first team starters um, Dave just to say for the people that didn't happen to catch you and you and Rich and Dan the other day um, do you want to give us a quick overview of your thoughts on on where he is and where he potentially will fit in and with as Mikey says whether he could potentially be a an even more solid um, S Housery nasty midfield alongside Morsey you wouldn't fancy coming up um, coming up alongside uh, coming up against that in the championship, would you really? No, not at all. Not at all. No, I think it's a, a probably a win-win for both sides. Certainly, um, he wasn't getting any... Get, well, recently, he hasn't been getting any game time. He's been on the bench, hasn't hasn't come off the bench, certainly in the last in the last two games. Um, yeah, and, you know, very experienced, what, 200 games, almost championship player, captain, um, got all the qualities. And, um, yeah, sort of really a, a deep-lying, ball-winning midfielder. What's, what's really not to not to like um and a nice to have dan who by the way was absolutely brilliant on the pod yeah. superb guy um to get a really good endorsement from him as well and the, all that and also all the other blackburn fans that, that, can, that came on on the you know on the night they all had you know nothing bad to say about him um there hasn't been any bust up i don't think with dale thomas or anything like that i think he very much i think wanted away perhaps at the start of the season and it didn't didn't for one reason didn't happen um yet he was still made skipper so he's obviously really well thought of and a good character so um yeah looking forward to looking forward to seeing him to be fair yeah absolutely as, as mikey says 200 200 odd games um yeah. under his belt is uh, just nothing to be sniffed at. he's just add a bit more experience into the into yeah. the team um also just a, qu- a quick note um that came out in the adt uh, Taylor last week was um, we've had some we've turned down some offers apparently for Idris El Mazzuni, um obviously currently on loan in League One at Leighton Orient. Um, the the offers that we've received are from other League One teams by all accounts. The off the top of my head, Oxford, Bolton, um, et cetera, et cetera, those sort of level of teams. Dave, where do you see him being come January the thirty first? Because if it's going to be a permanent, it doesn't sound like it's going to be back in East London, does it? No, it doesn't. I think there's obviously a, a figure that we have in mind for him, and I, I guess if that 
you know, if that bid comes in for that figure, from, from what we understand, I think, from what we understand that so far the bids have been sort of low, low six figures. So maybe we're looking closer to, I don't know, quarter of a million or something like that, just plucking a figure out of the air or maybe slightly higher than that. So I would think that if a, if a figure come, if a bid comes in of that nature, then, um, yeah, he'll be, he'll be away, which kind of a shame. I think he's come through our Academy. Obviously he's very well, he's done very well. Mm. These last couple of scenes at Orient and a really couple of, you know, um, couple of really great loan spells, you know, really, really highly thought of. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna quite dislodge anybody, anybody in our midfield at this moment. So, yeah, I think if the if the right yeah if the right kind of big comes in, I, I think he'll be um, he'll be away. And um, yeah, good luck to the left. Yeah, and I say it is a, it is a shame, but from a financial perspective, and I don't profess to know much about the financials. It's and it's the reason why Chelsea are rumoured to be um, looking to cash in on. Um, Gallagher is it's pure profit, isn't it? If a, if a player comes from your academy through your youth team, then it's pure profit you can add into your various um, financial fair play calculations, yep. bits and pieces like that. But you know, having signed Jack Taylor and now having signed um, Travis um, from uh, Blackburn, then you know you'd think that the, he's far far down the pecking order now, isn't it? So for his own um, career and you know a bit of security, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, stop those loan moves and get yourself a, a home to pl- and, to be with for the next couple of years. And I think he's certainly certainly good enough to good enough to play in that in that in a type I would have thought of a, a Bolton. I know Derby were showing some interest. You'd think it'd certainly be good enough for good enough for that to a higher higher part of League One for sure. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, good luck to him. Um one final small piece of news. The uh, ITFC women's team lost today one nil at home to Oxford. Uh I believe they were playing against uh I'll say 10 men, 10 women for the majority of the second half, um, but couldn't break them down. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Um, they struggled to break down uh, Oxford team and ended up losing 1-0, which means they've lost a bit of ground. I think they're currently fourth, I think I read, um, in their division. So, yeah, a bit of ground to make up on the teams above them, who I think all won. Uh, so going on to yesterday's match, as I say, um, Mikey, you were there yesterday. I'll bring up the team so we can have a, a quick chat through those. Bear with me one sec. Um, in terms of ourselves, I think we'll obviously concentrate more on ourselves. There were six changes to the draw at Stoke, um, and it was arguably a stronger team than a lot of people were maybe predicting that we'd um, put out. Um, but I suppose by the same token, there's not an awful lot more within the squad to um to to rotate to rest to be able to allow us to rest and rotate um headlines i suppose were christian walton uh, back in golf only his, remarkably only his second start of the season um and his first since the uh, cup game against fulham at home on the 1st of november in the rumbelows cup um three of the back four were the same that played at stoke uh, cameron humphreys coming in for Harry Clark, giving him a rest on the left back. Uh, in the middle, Taylor came in for Luongo and partnered Morsey. And then up front, maybe surprisingly, Broadhead's, Broadhead was the one um, constant there from, from the Stoke game um, with Harness, Hutchinson and Ladapo coming in for a start. So, Mikey, from, from your perspective, was that a, a surprise? And was, is there anything in there that you like to see and anything you would have liked to have seen yeah i mean 
I wasn't overly surprised by how strong it was. I think we were all expecting Sam Morsley to play because of the fact he's not going to be able to play the next couple of games. Um, but it is always a little bit of a surprise when you see such a strong team in a in a cup game, especially after uh, what we did against Fulham in the Carabao Cup. But that was obviously in a really busy period, whereas now there's a little bit more space between games. Um, it was nice to see Walton back. Uh, Humphreys need, needs the minutes, doesn't he? Good to see Edmondson play again. Uh, Wolfenden getting another 90 minutes. I suppose he hasn't been playing every single game, has he? So so he's absolutely fine to play. It was good that we were able to to give the likes of Connor Chaplin and Masterwongo just a complete rest. Um, yeah, a little bit of a surprise um, by how much Nathan Broadhead played, but I think that that was with a view to trying to get his eye back in and, and mm. maybe trying to trying to score a goal. But he ended up playing in two different positions, didn't he? Um, and I think overall he he had a decent game, obviously against weaker opposition than what we're we usually up against. But he looked well up for it. Um, and it as a as a fan going, you hope that it's this sort of hybrid team. Um, it was a a big game for some of those players. I think Christian Walton, my, my mate who I was with, who who isn't called Tarquin, um, <laughs> said that he, he could see Christian Walton potentially um, overplaying it a little bit because he's desperately trying to trying to mm. show that he can play with, with the ball at his feet as well. I don't think that was really the case. Um, it was a big game for Jack Taylor as well. He had sort of an, an up and down game, but we'll we'll get into that. But yeah, overall. Not no huge surprises there. I suppose two and Zabi playing playing right back again, but that was yeah. because of the the injuries and um, illnesses. Maybe so maybe on. getting him up to speed, and you know we may be having to rely on him to do similar for the next. next yeah, and it's good. It's good. Injuries. It's good to see that he he's able to to get easily get through ninety minutes. I think I think his body must be in a good place to to be able to get through ninety minutes in centre back and getting through ninety minutes in right back. I can tell you, is a very different thing. Uh, yeah. But he definitely looks up to it, and I think he's going to be a, a really important player between now and the end of the season, especially if Brandon Williams isn't going to play a huge part. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Brandon Williams um, was, according to Kieran McKenna, ill. Yeah, you can use use your own quotation marks if you wish. So he wasn't in the uh, in the squad. Um, and Dave, yeah, very similar question to you, but obviously keep keep it briefer because any just any surprises in there, and also from a Wimbledon perspective, I suppose. The one name that we all recognise in there is Harry Pell, um, professional bellend. He of the boot the ball out of Accrington Town Centre <laughs> fame of a few a few seasons yeah. ago. Um, and a bit of a shame we didn't get to see um, their rising star, isn't it? Ali Hamadi, who's Hamadi, who's with the Asian Lebanon. Cup, isn't he? Yeah, Iran or had someone. Iraq. They've got two away, Iraq, and one's away with Lebanon as, as well. I think someone else. I mean, um, yeah, no, as Mikey said, um, no massive surprises there. Pretty strong, pretty strong lineup. Hmm. So, but, you know, relatively, relatively pleased with that. Um, maybe slightly surprised to see broader. Just one thing, it's a bit unfortunate for Don Ball. Pretty, I mean, it's an odd one, really, with Don Ball because more probably, definitely, probably, Morsey doesn't get pick up that yellow card last hmm. week. Don Ball probably plays this tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, hmm. yesterday, doesn't he? No doubt about it. So it's it's kind of an odd one. And now, um, and now they've signed um, now they've signed Travis. So yeah, maybe he is one that will um, unfortunately miss miss out. But um, 
Yeah, um, the other Wimbledon name I recognise there is Alex Alex Pierce, perennial. Um, perennial name that comes up against this sort of seemingly season after season, but I'm sure it's not quite like that. But yeah, he lo- he looks and runs like a Sunday League player now. <laughs> he really does. No yeah. offence, Alex, he, if he you're watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he does not move like a like a professional footballer anymore. Bless him. But obviously, yeah, still he's... still still got it up here, hasn't he? And and yeah, he's a good footballer. Alex, if you're in the comments, you feel free to um, have a go <laughs> back free. at Mikey's uh, brunch of choice from yesterday. Yeah. Um, so in terms of uh, the match, it's safe. It's a pretty even start for the first five or so minutes. A lot of, lot of sparring going on between the two teams. But it didn't take long, Dave, did it, for us to to get ahead? No, it didn't. And it's that it's that corner routine again, isn't it? But this way, this time, it's other way round. So this time, um, it's Broadhead that does the sort of hiding in the hiding in the pack. Um, I think Taylor takes a corner wide, wide right, mm. and sort of hits it around about that penalty spot uh, area, which we which we know is the routine. And um, Broadhead peels off and doesn't get great can get connects doesn't sort of shins it a bit doesn't it doesn't get great connection but then it's just it's pinball stuff isn't it you get one one sort of massive deflection takes it across the six yard box and then um i think it's unfortunate bounces in off davis's shins and the goalkeeper's just yeah totally totally out of it so yeah obviously well rehearsed training ground move um yeah not cleanly but but not cleanly put in but but works again which is good to see yeah, and another another double deflection helping yeah, helping us out for the second time we? in a in a week or so. Yeah. yeah, we get all the luck, don't we? Oh, we do, yeah. don't we? <laughs> um, yeah. So, so they got us off to a, a good start, and, and as um, Dan has said here in the comments, we'd had a couple of corners beforehand as well, so we were starting to exert mm. um, a little bit of pressure, um, and we were getting a lot of crosses in. Certainly from from the left hand side, Humphreys was um, getting up and down that wing. Um, well to, to good effect and I say getting some decent crosses in I think um Humphreys had got crossing and Ladapo and Hutchison at the back post sort of got tangled up in each other's way for a little bit um but then in front of you uh Mikey there was a an pretty undisputed mostly completely undisputed um penalty yeah so I think yeah Wolfenden um he was really strong in the first half a few times uh the wide players kind of got in behind and Wolfenden's cleared up, put a couple out for a corner. Um, and Ipswich fans behind the goal are doing this weird thing where they're going, oh, for a corner. And then it just makes me think he's going to whip in a really nice corner here, <laughs> um, which he inevitably does. Really nice, really nice in-swinging corner, sort of Martin Waghorn-esque, but obviously on his right foot, Dave. Um, <laughs> lo- loads of pace. Um, and Pierce. Uh, the Sunday League player gets the run on um, Taylor at the back post, um, but actually it's Tuanzebi does get the first contact. So you say get the first contact, but that is actually what's ended up causing the issue because Taylor's body position is all over the place. His hands are above his head somehow, um, and yeah, he he handles it. He goes down in a heap, and I think the only um, suggestion from from the Ipswich players is maybe there was a foul in there somewhere, but. I'm not sure there was um, pretty pretty clear penalty, and it was a really well struck penalty as well. Mm. Christian Watton had no chance with that one, did he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and was, would you say that was against the run of play, or were Wimbledon starting to sort of edge themselves back into it after our? Yeah, early they goal? they were like they were <clears throat> they they were getting forward pretty well, and it was we we weren't in complete control of the game. Let's put it that way. 
Mm. Um, Wimbledon did did break on us a couple of times, but without ever really getting in behind. It, but they were forcing throw-ins and corner kicks and things like that, and they were probably looking at a corner kick as their or a free kick as their best chance of getting back into the game, and and that, that's what they did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just quickly from Gary saying he thought the atmosphere was a bit flat in the away end yesterday, but I suppose that may be due to the, the timings of it. People are full of bloody sourdough and avocado. I suppose it sort of weighs, yeah. weighs heavily on the, on the vocal cords. Um, how did you think it was yesterday, Mikey? It was flat. Yeah. I think it was always... Timing, be, though, isn't it? Yes, the the timing, and I think a lot of people have had to drive there or, or mm. get lost on the mm. Galloway coaches. Um, but yeah, it, a de- decent bar area out the back of, of the away end. Pretty expensive though. It's about seven quid for a for a pint. Um, yeah, it was never going to be an electric atmosphere in there. Maybe if it was an evening game, yeah, it yeah, would have been. But it's not a particularly raucous home crowd at Wimbledon either. It's a, very much a family family orientated crowd who do get behind their team team well, um, and it's quite a good atmosphere once it gets going. But yeah, overall, it was it was pretty flat in the away end yeah i think as rich is asking i thought the early kickoff was for the international um football community to be able to watch us live quite know why they would have chosen afc wimbledon versus it's probably because they wanted to show dave besant's face every two or three minutes oh, yeah. on the uh, on the feed they, they they're glad they picked him out in the crowd because it's gave him something to look at for uh, the majority of some he was on the on the front page of the program as well oh was he really imagine every every season surely in the FA Cup and they brought him out on the pitch before the game as well yeah fair play lovely stuff um for my time so, of course that couldn't possibly comment um in terms of um going back to the match um Harness I thought played well certainly in the first half played well him um Hutchinson Twenzaber was sort of getting some um triangles going down our um down our right, I think it was, um, getting crosses in again. And they got across into Ladapo. There was another occasion where um, a ball was pinged into Freddie's feet and he controlled it nicely. But much the ire of some of our fans, it ran away to the corner flag and he didn't sprint after it, whereas their defender did and clawed it back. But we'll, we'll come to Freddie later on when we um, sum up the uh, game as a whole. Um, there was a good bit of skill, actually. Uh, Dave, I'll go to you. From a good bit of broadhead skill, um, leading up to our uh, second nice. goal just for half time. That was super. You mentioned Hutchinson earlier. I thought he was at his frust- most frustrating yesterday. Oh my God, the boy. Um, the times, times he gets himself in such good positions and his just final ball is, his final decision making is just, well, I don't know. He's still young. I suppose you've got to give him a bit of a pass. He's still young, but goodness me. Um, I mean, this was a, this was brilliant from Broadhead. I think it's Wolfending, sort of who could have had a cigar on most of yesterday. He was superb, wasn't he? But sort of gets the ball down and sort of chips that ball forward to about 20 yards out, not far from the edge of the box. I mean, the chest trap's good enough. Then he takes it down and spins away from the fullback in one movement. It's total class. And a good hit as well. Great. That'd have been a hell of a goal. Good save from the keeper. He gets his sort of left foot shot off pretty early. Really good save from the keeper, but a corner. And then, um, yeah, he gets a corner. It's, it's Again, it's one of those someone alluded to earlier, sort of near post, well struck. I think Taylor goes for it, sort of misses it. Maybe certainly unsights the, perhaps the fullback who's you know, on the post there. Seems to have got just deflects up in the air and Twan Zabie's right there just to sort of nod it in from, what, six yards maybe, something like that. For I think, not only his first goal for town, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere, his first 
ever senior goal, I believe. So, um, yeah. Off the mark. So, uh, yeah. I mean, not that he's played for his age, not that he's played that many senior games, but um, yeah, um, yeah, really good. Um, yeah, good to get good time to score. I think we were pretty much getting in the ascendancy by then. As you said, Ladapford had a couple of <clears throat> couple of chances, and we were getting balls into the box. Um, and um, yeah, forty minutes, timely time to score just before half time, and mm. uh, yeah, nicely tucked away. And and given it was. Um... Uh, of course, Twensley is six foot one, six foot two, and he had to jump a little bit. He still had to evade Harry Pell's foot, which was yeah. um, quite impressive. That's I think. A good finish. I That's think. A good by, finish. I think by this time, Harry had already been uh, booked for a, um, a, yeah. a somewhat agricultural tackle on Sam Morsey from behind um, as Morsey broke free. Um, and so he did. If I just wonder whether we hadn't scored there and he con- had made contact with uh, Axel's head it may have been a different story from that wouldn't, wouldn't um, have been his fault though would it Craig and I'm sure he'd have been really angry no. with the referee if anything went against him yeah definitely. I'm sure he just, he just calmed down not doing anything silly for the rest of the match so in terms of um, the first half as you say Dave I, I made a few notes as I was watching and saying that nothing was really coming off of Hutchison at, at that point but what I, what I did find is that when he was losing it he does oh, well. put some work in to Trapped get back, back now doesn't he, he yeah, really, no, but... and he's getting stronger as well at that no, I've got to give the boy a nod for that. No, perhaps it's just me just getting frustrated with the final ball because he's got so much, as it? We know he's so much talent. He could go left. He could, you know, can go both left or right off his left or right foot. And it's just, like, oh, you know, your final just decision-making. But, yeah, you're right about tracking back. There was once where he lost the ball and he must have ran 60, 70 yards and actually um, shepherded the ball behind for our goal kick. So, yeah, yeah that, so that part. That left part, back, wasn't it? Yeah, incredible. Mm. That part of his play's come on absolutely no end. You could say that's mm. that's come from that's come from encouragement from the coaches, hasn't it? Yeah, hundred. And you know, Chelsea are going to get a, a far more rounded player right. back than exactly. than they sent yeah. sent to us in August, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so, in terms of half time, Mikey, your thoughts and general feelings at how things are going two one up at half time? Yeah, I mean, by by that stage, feeling pretty much in control as long as we can come out strong at the start of the second half. I that sort of had every feeling that we were going to see the game out pretty comfortably and maybe score a couple more goals, um, use the bench a little bit. I was hoping that Freddie Ladapo might get another chance mm-hmm. in front of goal. Would have been nice to see him get a goal and Nathan Broadhead as well. I sort of mm. had my fingers crossed for for one of those two finding the net. Yeah. Yeah, well, you say about starting off the second half strongly, and we certainly did, didn't we? Cameron Humphreys yeah. had that cross shot, which was slammed into the post uh, by their guy sliding in about three yards out in front of you. Um, Pell then had a header saved. And then on 56 minutes, you were saying about potentially getting Freddie on the score sheet. Well, he's not going to because he got dragged off um, relatively early, you'd have thought, 56 mm-hmm. minutes in. Um, so, yeah, do you want to do it now? Let's talk about him now. So, from your perspective, Mikey, in terms of Freddie, how must he be feeling? How what are your feelings about what where he currently finds himself at uh, town? Yeah, so Freddie Ladapo, <clears throat> I really like, <clears throat> and I really appreciate him for for the, his efforts and also the goals and fantastic performances that he he provided last season in the promotion season. But I think we're all in agreement that. He's a League One striker. It's going to be hard for him to to step up in the championship. He scored those two goals against Cardiff early on in the season. He looked like maybe he could be a, a useful backup for George Hurst, but he just hasn't had enough time on the pitch. 
and he's very much a confidence player and a player that needs to get his eye in. Because of the fact that he doesn't have blistering pace and he doesn't win everything in the air, I think maybe Ipswich fans expect him to cover every single blade of grass. But I think because his style is really to be back to goal and battling with defenders, he seems to save his energy for that and then trying to find himself in the right areas. And he still still is finding himself in the right areas, but he's just been snatchy. And mm. I think he's just kind of showed that there's not one area of his game that you'd say is championship quality at the moment, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And but, but you I know, it's, it's saying it, but yeah, yeah but it's, it's not... you know, it's through it's through no fault of his own. Now we've re- no. he's potentially reached his ceiling, which is yeah. fair enough. You know, he's a, if a he's of a certain age where he's probably not going to be able to get get <clears throat> excuse me reach even higher higher heights um, from a from a um, ability perspective. Um, but you know, through no fault of his own and through no fault of our own, we've just seems to have progressed maybe a little bit further than than he should than he is capable of which is as i say it's, it's no detriment to him um and i just you know not wishing to preach to people they can think what they think and they can shout what they think but i don't think that it's particularly conducive to getting the best out of someone by either no. sarcastically applauding or you know whatever you happen to do or moan and groan at the end of the day he's up front trying to do a job and score goals for your team then you know just give the guy yeah. a break and again see what do you reckon by the end of January Dave with similar question to the El Mazzuni um, question I don't earlier know. possibly look, he's, like, he's like any striker at any level of football he just needs a goal any any sort of goal yeah I, I, I admit I don't think he's totally championship quality I don't think he is but for instance he's really unlucky you know against QPR yeah okay you say one on one he should score but Begovic got lucky there like hits him and then deflects over the bar doesn't it it was it, it was really unlucky that just could deflect in and he's often you know I'm not saying he's often going to set the world alight but it's a goal and you know confidence you know with that your confidence comes back you probably your first touch improves because you're confident and you start to do things you're not trying too hard if you know what I mean you just start to do things naturally you know it just comes to but um yeah, I mean, it very much depends. I don't think he'll go until we've definitely got that old cliche, someone in the building or virtually in the building. I can't see him going anywhere just yet. We need No. You do, no. You do need that, that presence up there. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, Joe's talked about sliding doors moments for Dane Scarlett's career at Ipswich, hasn't he, in terms of um, cup ties and yeah. being away of England when we needed him here. But you, yeah. you might find that similarly with poor old Freddie that he was probably lined up to make a move somewhere else until George Hurst's um George Hurst hamstring went twang um and finds himself um back uh, back in a team which he might might not fit into at the moment unfortunately. Um yeah. but what we did see as part of that substitution was our first glimpse of Jeremy Sarmiento who started on the left but st- tended to drift inside um wearing potentially the smallest shin pads I have ever ever seen these were matchbox sized yeah, tic tacs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous, but yeah, he's he's very much looks um, the part of a modern footballer, doesn't he? The socks socks really low down, the beautiful white teeth, the perfect haircut. Um, yeah, modern a modern footballer, and as we soon found out as well, he knows how to sim. <laughs> he knows how to throw himself to the ground when he's been touched as well. Um, maybe living up to a few stereotypes. Yeah, I think from from the from what we saw of him in the last 30, 40 minutes of the match, I think he's going to 
obtain a fair few free kicks, you would have thought, just by virtue of getting on the ball and running with it. And yet, he just seems to have that sort of style where it's it's not glued to his feet when he dribbles with it. It's sort of always a little bit in front of him, so he's always going to be tempting for a defender to come in and nick it like, or side I like him down. Him. I like the look of him, sort of saying languid left foot, just like that mm. kind of that kind of player. Looks he's got a bit about him, a bit of flair about him. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, as, as, as I think, Someone said on the Telegram group, hard to judge him yesterday. Obviously, against lower league opposition, and also he came on against ten men as well. So, kind mm. of hard to judge him on yesterday. But I think on first sighting, yeah, he looks, he kind of looks the part. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting He'll to never, see if he gets he, any minutes at home against Sunderland next week. That might be a different, uh, <laughs> different kettle of fish. But uh, yeah, I like from what I saw of him, looks, looks, looks good. And he's potentially, Mikey, the sort of player that you want if you're playing against teams who we've seen relatively recently who just sit in a low block. Um, you know, they're not giving you any space behind. And we haven't potentially got a central midfielder, a Magilton-esque central midfielder, to pick a lock. OK, well, in that case, give it to someone's feet and, and let him run. Mm. Yeah, let him run. Let him win free kicks and draw draw players out to him. He'll, he'll definitely make things happen. He'll be that sort of player. I think he will frustrate as well. I think he will give the ball away quite a bit and he'll probably cut back inside sometimes when you, you just want him to make that run to the byline but but he's another good plan B to have and he might he, if he starts scoring goals, getting assists, he might become plan A. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um... So just so shortly after uh, Sarmiento joined the fray, we saw what I think can only be described as a flailing arm. I think the only time you will see the word flailing is when it's added to an uh, added to the word arm when describing um, a, a particular challenge within a football match. Um, and this particular flailing arm belonged to Harry Pell and ended up in the face of George Edmondson. Mikey, any complaints from our side on that one? I know there were plenty from Wimbledon's. No, so I I observed that Powell is is a is a really tall tall lad, but he always seemed he'd get up really really early for his headers and just and he ha- he's, he hangs in the air well, and even though he looked like he was higher than Wolfenden and Edmondson every time he went up for a header, it always felt like we we got first contact and and ultimately won the header. I don't know whether he 
got a little bit frustrated by that or whether it was maybe a little bit accidental but you can't you can't swing arms into people's faces when you're on a yellow card can you no yeah, no mean, I, go on Dave. sorry yeah the light the assistant had his flag up straight away didn't he you see beyond him assistant flagged it straight away and the ref just yeah immediately well, it was on a yellow so yeah gave the ref a, an, an easy excuse there didn't he yeah and he probably should have had another yellow for how long it took him to to get off the pitch as well. Get off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, well, that's a shame. Um, <laughs> 67 minutes, Mikey, right in front of you. There was uh, not, a ba- not a bad shot for an- another handball and another penalty, was there? Uh, what was that What was that one, Craig? I can't think who it was. One of their defenders, It's um, it was almost not a carbon copy, but a very similar um, handball uh, to, yes. uh, to the one in yeah. the first, Taylor's one in the first half, I thought. And it looked it looked clear as a bell on the, on the, on the replays on the telly as well. Yeah, that that was definitely a penalty, and it's one of those where you you give the first one, you kind of have to have to give the second one because it it's kind of the same thing. It's maybe because it wasn't his. That was the big centre back that came off the pierce, wasn't it? And he he looked oh, pretty ungainly. Um, yeah. I think maybe the ref didn't it see it. Maybe complicated by the fact that that what like he I think he's hit it uh with his foot onto his arm or something like that and the, it's a little bit of a gray area at the moment about when it's when it's a handball and when it isn't but i think yeah. that probably should have been a penalty but maybe having given the the red card yeah the ref didn't want to give us a penalty as well and sort of it would have ended the game there and then yeah mm. um well it did take us a little while to actually um end the end the game as a as a contest we did obviously from here on in we had the vast vast majority of the ball um I think Harness had a shot went wide. Um, there was a mistake by Taylor. You said earlier that he had a bit of an up and down oh. game, Mike. Mm. I think he gave the ball away pretty much right in the middle of the pitch, um, which required a save from uh, Walton. But we're just getting umpteen crosses into the box um, by now um, from both sides. You know, Humphreys, I think, had a had an effort at the far post, a header um, that got tipped over. Yeah, um, yeah Wolfie had a. Goal didn't he disallowed for a pretty obvious um, offside, um, and then we made three subs to sort of see the game out. We brought on Wes Burns, uh, Boabo, and Aluko came on for Harness, Broadhead, and Hutchinson. Um, didn't really get to see much from um, Aluko, um, although the next two almost combined um, for the. Final goal of the match. Which one of you two guys is going to talk to that? Mikey, is this your one? Yeah, I'll go through this one. So, yeah, Wim- Wimbledon have a have a man down uh, in the middle of the pitch, but I think they carried on playing. So we were always going to carry on p- playing. And um, Morsley gets the ball off off to Zabi as he often does. He just goes over and says, come on, give me the ball here. And we said that we didn't have a, we don't have a Jim Jilton player that can pick the lock, but that was a really nice through ball from, from Morsey. Burns, fresh mm. legs, absolute nightmare for the left back, seeing him come on. And Burns is just really direct. I think this is when, when he's at his best and he just doesn't overcomplicate this one. He doesn't, he doesn't even get his head up and think, who can I pick out here? Goalkeeper wasn't having a particularly, particularly good game. I think he's just thought, I'm just going to hit this as hard as I can low the keeper's not going to hold it and then we should get the rebound and it actually yeah, it popped out and I thought oh maybe Boabo's going to get get this but it was Taylor who obviously had a little bit more momentum and and read read the rebound tapped it in and we're safely through to the next round job done yeah absolutely well you know I don't know the ins and outs of football 
players' contracts, but Taylor may well have cost dear old Boabo a few quid by um, tapping that one ahead of him, couldn't you? And I'm sure um, Taylor's got a few more quid in the bank than poor old Boabo has at the moment mm. in time. But yeah, it's nice. To, it was nice to see him being really pissed off that um, someone else got there in front of him. I think it just shows an actual proper stri- striker's instinct, I suppose, more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but as you say, uh, Mikey, that was all she wrote. So a pretty um, professional performance, I think, um, all things said and done. I'll get the yeah. stats up here um, for everyone to be able to see. There weren't as many um, stats produced yesterday, I couldn't find. I think presumably because there's just so many games going on at the same time, etc., and uh, maybe not quite as much um, people analysing AFC Wimbledon versus Ipswich. But I think... Dave, from from those stats alone, you can see that it was going to be one a bit one sided, and as I say, a professional job done, despite the protestations of Johnny Jackson thinking that they were robbed. Yeah, I think that goes that's going a bit far, isn't it? No, I always thought we were just totally in control yesterday. I mean, even even after they equalised, it wasn't one of those games. You think, oh, here we go. It just wasn't one of those games. Always looked like we had a you know a little bit more in the tank, and obviously you can see we had on the yeah you know, we had strength on the benches if necessary. But I mean, certainly second half, Morsey just completely ran the game, didn't he? I think alluding to the third goal, I'm pretty sure almost in shot when Morsey Morsey receives the ball from um, <laughs> receives the ball from. 20- and Zabie is barely any other player in shot in about 10 yards either side of him for goodness sake so um yeah he just I mean I know it's I know it's sorry no disrespect only I mean, Wimbledon yesterday lower league team but you see what we're going to miss next Saturday in the game after absolutely completely bossed the game didn't he um hmm. but uh no good I thought I thought um I thought Broadhead again taking into consideration the opposition some of his touches were great again he was on it wasn't he a bit you know like Mikey said, would have been great to see him score. All right, he credited perhaps, well, not, yeah, good assist perhaps for the first goal and a corner for the second goal, but been great to see him score. But I thought some of his touches yesterday were, were really good and thought, yeah, okay, he's back to back to where he should be. So, yeah, um, big, big game next. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll speak briefly about it, no doubt, in a minute. But, um, yeah, get that out of the way. Be nice to get, a, I don't know, the Spurs away, something like that. Would love that, mm. wouldn't you? Something like that would be great, wouldn't it? You know, because let's face it, our focus isn't going to be isn't going to be the FA Cup be on end all for us this season. Um, but no, professional job, job done, and um, let's move on to Sunderland next Saturday. You 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 finally want to get to see a bit more of Dane Scarlett, do you, Dave? <laughs> so, yeah, he came on, didn't he? Yeah, he came off the bench, didn't he? Great, he had. He had what at least like 2025 20, I didn't see the I saw Poro's goal by the way flipping what a goal that was mm. and you find physics that one it was crazy you goal. Bamford's goal Dave no I didn't I haven't seen it no yeah look look, look that one up that is yeah okay no I saw potential Puskas award winner that one. Oh wow mm. um that elements but... of Joe Garner's volley for Preston North End oh stop it no really yeah. oh wowzers mm. he um um, no, so it was good to see Broadhead back. You know, good to see Broadhead back with you know. In fact, I thought to his you know to his best. You know, the ball wasn't yeah. bad. Close control was good and everything. So yeah, job well done. Let's move on to Sunderland next week and um, yeah, where the important stuff starts again. But yeah, be watching the draw with with interest tomorrow. Let's hope we get a good one. Goodness sake. Yeah. Well, as, as you say, I think we got we got exactly what we needed out of it. Didn't we? People got minutes into the legs. Unfortunately, as Mikey said, probably a goal for Freddie and maybe a goal for Broadhead. But you know, as you say, Dave, I think Broadhead was is looking back to his sharp best. Yeah. Um, as I say to people, please, um, I've picked out some questions that have come in already, but please feel free to um, stick some some more into the comments. I'll get to them if I can. 
please put a queue at the front so I can pick them up. Uh, we'll quick a quick note from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more to follow. Well done, Mikey. As ever, hit the mark. Spot on. Um, so, yeah, just a quick one. In terms of uh, plugs from our side, um, we're, as I said at the beginning, we're, we're back to normal now, pretty much. So there will be a pre-match show, uh, Rich and Seb, live Thursday night, 8 p.m. as ever. Um, so please feel free to join the guys on that. We might have something midweek, um, but keep an eye on the various socials for that and then again next sunday will we get will be live again as per normal 8 p.m for the flagship show after sunderland on saturday so yeah back to normal thursday 8 p.m live sunday 8 p.m live so yeah we're getting back to normal now after the weird christmas break um everything else is on at blue monday itfc.co.uk um, and not wish to bore everybody, but I thought I think Telegram has been really coming into its own um, over the last, certainly over the Christmas period. We're we're covering all bases now. Now it's now the new transfer window is open. Oh. Rich has could not wait. He's been counting down the minutes to open up the transfer unscurrilous rumor transfer chat. Um, so that's open. Match day is open. Um, there's a lot of statistical analysis of the season so far, et cetera, et cetera, on there. Um, obviously, there's the roundtable chats that we get. Um, people within the Telegram group can come on and have a chat and have their own little show, um, which gets put out as a as a private like little YouTube show, which is fantastic. And then there's so there's everything else. The darts was taking precedent over the last couple of weeks, wasn't it, Dave? Where it was actually pretty much like an, a watch-along darts channel for Yeah, every, the Everything Not channel was certainly um, certainly turned over to darts for the last two or three weeks, and, and rightly so. I mean, it's been incredible. So, certainly the last, the last um, the semi-finals, well, quarter-finals onwards were just superb, weren't they? Absolutely brilliant. Can't believe there wasn't a nine-darter. Just still can't believe that, but hey, can't have yeah, everything. Plenty of big fish, though, weren't there? There's a lot of 170s. Um, a lot of big fish, a lot of big fish. Cool. Um, so, yeah, just a few uh, questions from yesterday. Thank you, everyone. I can see all the, the questions um, coming in. I'll get round to the, as many as I possibly can. Um, <laughs> a, a lot of them, obviously, as you can probably understand, are along similar lines. Um, but just a few questions from yesterday for myself. Um, Taylor, Mike, you mentioned it earlier uh, in terms of a bit of a up-and-down performance. What are his, are his performances in general edging him closer to a star, or do you actually see him dropping down the pecking order now with the, the signing of Travis? Yeah, I think I potentially see him dropping down down the order um, because it he's one, he's one of those where you I think he's his best chance of playing is is alongside Sam Morsey. I, I don't think it's it's really worked when he's played alongside Luongo. Maybe we'll see him play alongside Travis if Luongo dips out at any point. But you imagine that he's going to be pretty fresh. Just don't feel like he's he quite did enough. Not not that it will be looked at. It's not like Kieran McKenna is just going to say, "Well, 
how did the Wimbledon game go? That's how I'm going to decide what I'm going to do against Sunderland and Leicester. But he didn't massively stay a claim. He didn't dominate that that midfield alongside Morsey. So I I think it's unlikely that he's going to be given the nod. But is Travis going to be able to play 90 minutes? He hasn't played a, an awful lot of football recently. So maybe he's only going to play an hour and then Taylor comes on for the last half an hour. Um, I think his long distance shooting does give us an extra mm. something as well in, mm. in tight games. Mm. So yeah. I think we will see Taylor and he might, he may get a start in one of those two games, but I don't think he's nailed on by any means. No, a quick interesting question here from Jason Dave is that he wonders whether Taylor should possibly play in the role behind the number nine. And as we were sort of talking about earlier, if Travis does end up playing alongside Morsey, will there be games that you end up having the three of them and, and Taylor being the more advanced and maybe one of the number 10s missing out. Yeah, that would be a bit of a departure from our... I mean, I know you're talking about slotting him in that three, but that'd be a little bit of a departure, wouldn't it? But um, as Mikey said there, I mean, he's shooting. <laughs> we all know what he can do from, from outside the box. So, yeah, that's not necessarily the the worst call in the world that actually but yeah I don't I don't really see if if they're if, if you know if the three are fit if Broadhead uh it's well if Broadhead um um Chaplin are fit I don't really see him fitting in there just yet but certainly um if they're not yeah it, it'd be a be a shout I'd have thought yeah yeah absolutely um just a quick one here actually there's um a couple of questions along similar lines one from Ed Obviously, Morsey being a, a massive miss for the next two games, is Travis going to start in that position? And then a, a similar question, which I can't find, just how soon do we think that... Oh, here it is from Ben. Basically, will Travis start on Saturday? I suppose it's along the lines of what you were talking about there, Mikey. How how match fit is he going to be? And how quick will he get up to speed with the way that we play? Yeah, well, he... he... McKenna didn't didn't certainly didn't rush Luongo in when he signed him last January. I know we're in a slightly different position then, and I don't think he really rushed Broadhead in. I remember Hurst started in his, maybe I think might have been Oxford away, and I think Hurst did start his first game after not playing a huge amount for for. I mean that was um, Blackburn as well, wasn't it, Dave? Mm-hmm. That we signed Hurst from. You you imagine that. Travis will be will be fit, and maybe the plan is to just we'll play him for the first hour of the game or the first fifty five minutes, and then and then see where we are. Um, but you, yeah, just because of the, because of the type of player that he is, it does look like he is kind of our our Morsey stand in. It would be strange for him not to to start either of those games, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have thought so. I mean, it's probably not unfair to to compare him to Luongo because Luongo came unfit, didn't he? I think it was clear, and he barely, barely played at all, had he? I mean, this guy's still played, what, 20-odd games this season, I think, albeit been on the bench recently, like I said before, and hasn't hasn't got on. But, um, yeah, I mean, Morsi's just... He's at such a level that any any you are going anyone that comes in to replace Morsey is gonna is gonna be a drop off. It just is. So um, you know, I, I don't think we can underestimate just how big this game is. Go, knowing what the game is the Saturday after Leicester away, if we can just some not somehow because let's face it, because we can beat Sunderland, but you know, given the, given the form, but if we can um, if we can get three points Saturday, that's going to be a huge three points and mm. and almost 
uh, awful to say it, meaning the Leicester games are free here, but it almost does become that because Leicester are just away and away and gone. I mean, I know we're looking over our shoulder at Southampton and to a lesser extent Leeds, but yeah, it's a big, big game Saturday. It's just such a such a shame that he's missing Saturday. God, yeah, dude. yeah. That, well, that was um, not an argument I was having with with my mates. Is just a discussion we're having about Morsey and the suspension. I said, well, I'd actually prefer him to miss Leicester for that reason because oh. with all goodwill in the world, there's a fair yep. chance that we'd be losing Leicester with yep. Morsey in the team in any case. So yep. let not wishing to sound defeatist, but you know, if it's if he's going to miss a game then let him miss that one and yeah, there, there, yeah, at least that's one of them. Yeah, that's a good point. At least that's one of them. Like I said, if we can if we can get beyond Sunderland and, and, and pick up a win, that would be huge. I think huge. It was it was uh, Leeds away that we were most worried about playing without Sam Wolsey, wasn't it, Craig? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good point. Well, yeah, yeah, good it was. Well yeah, um, but then he was under—he was tip, towing a tightrope at the time, wasn't he? So it wasn't really the problem, I, Morsey, that, that we were seeing. And I think it wasn't the problem, Morsey, that day. I think we said for a couple yeah. of the goals, Morsey would have would have, would have sort of bought you know, if he hadn't been on the mm. the nine, he'd have bought a foul there for sure. Yeah, certainly yeah. a couple of those. Yeah. Um, question here from Andrew. I'm going to rephrase it slightly, if you don't mind, Andrew. Which players do you see moving on rather than would you like to see um, moved on in January? I suppose all, um, in terms of squad size and limits, etc., there's potentially going to have to be a little bit of jiggery-pokery. Um, so apologies, Andrew. I'm just going to rephrase it slightly in terms of who do you see um, potentially moving on in this window, both of you? Mikey? Well, I'd like to see one of Freddie Ladapo or Caden Jackson move on because that means that we've we've strengthened... With yeah. at least at least one signing in in the striking department, maybe two. Uh, I think I'd quite like to see Cameron Humphrey, Humphreys um, go and get a loan because he he hasn't done that yet, has he? But don't we will. don't know what the Leaf Davis situation is, do we? And and the Brandon Williams situation as well. Mm. So it's kind of difficult, really, because Humphreys could could be a really useful player for us again in in that left back position if if one of those two isn't going to be around for the next few weeks. Who else? Who else, Dave? Go on, help me out. Just a quick one on that, um, Mikey, before well, we go to Dave. Your, your alter ego here, obviously, Mikey, Jason, is asked, that, is there any news on Davis? Because he also would look mm-hmm. to um, send Humphreys out for uh, for a loan just to get some, presumably, presumably to get some games under his belt. Um, although, you know, he... And I'm sort of along similar lines. Thing, he's done a job at left back. Don't at left back, left wing back. However you want to describe it, don't get me wrong. But you're still play, at the end of the day. You are still playing a central midfielder out of position to accommodate a, a lack of cover within your squad, aren't you? Yeah, you you say that though, but he gives you with that left foot. He gives you that balance, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That, that, that's that's the thing. So. I'd be surprised. It depends on Davis. It's so, so much depends on Davis here. You know, if it's clearly he's going to be out for another two or three games, taking him out, I don't see, I don't see Humphreys going, going anywhere. Cause I just think, I just think the manager likes that to have that balance of the left foot. And look, I know what QPR, I thought he grew, certainly grew into, okay, it's QPR, but I think he grew into the role as that game certainly, certainly went on again yesterday. I don't think you can, totally judging by yesterday but again second half I thought he did he did well for the you know certainly getting service into the box and stuff which mm. let's face it which is what that left back our left back's all all about really um yeah. he I was mean even other... getting into the box yesterday oh right, with the header for sure no he was yeah. yeah 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 um I mean the other question is obviously god's sake is Brandon Brandon Williams isn't it I mean who knows yeah. 
Who knows, yeah. who knows well, what the hell's going and, on there? And as as we've sort of seen through Davis, our left back doesn't necessarily defend all no. that much. You know, you're reliant on Cameron Burgess or Massimo Longo shifting across and um, covering the the space and it's, is left behind. It's it. that natural ball. It's that ball. Okay, it won't now because Burgess isn't there at the moment. It's that ball that Burgess gets and Burgess plays that ball. And, and, and you know, a Davis and a Humphreys will let that ball run across, across him them. and take it off on his left foot rather than have a control on his right, bring it inside. That just stops all the momentum. So I think I think he'll want him. I, I, I don't think he'll go anywhere. Not not Well, Davis is, well, well there's a doubt about Davis fitness-wise. Mm. Um but Brandon Williams getting back to it is 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 the one, isn't it? I mean, you just what was this illness and a knock that came out, didn't it? I think mm. was that from the manager or the EADT came out with that. Um, clearly, something's not right there. I, I can um, feel Rich saying that the lawyers are listening, Dave. Well, so, no, no, yeah. no, I'm not. No, 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 I'm not saying anything. So yeah, it's just it's it's just an odd one, you know. It seems that yeah. he's got this recurring illness, and he's he's in the squad. He's not in the squad. He's uh, not in the eighteen. He's on the bench. He's not. He's so, not coming so, on when he's on the bench. And either, he's not is coming on. So yeah, yeah look, look, maybe it's it maybe it is a total, you know, question about his levels of fitness, and he has got some sort of debilitating debilitating illness. But um, yeah, it's it's an it's an odd one at this moment in time. I think. Yeah, and, and I, I think and just from, just a quick oh, one. Right, I think from our from our perspective, we can't hang around. You know, with all good will no. in the world, we can't hang around waiting to see what happens because at the end of the day, we've we've lost a guy who can cover two positions. He can he's shown that he can cover left back. He's shown he can cover right back. And between yeah. Davis, Clark, and Williams, between the three of them. They were more than capable of covering the two fullback positions between. You haven't got that wasn't a position we had to worry about, was it? A, a month and, or so ago. And also, there seems to be a general question over Harry Clark's fitness. Apparently, mm. they're still sort of managing this Achilles Achilles issue that he's had. So, yeah, it's a it's a interesting one that. And clearly, Danassian is yeah. again injured fairly seemingly. Well, we haven't really seen him at all, have we? I've no, seen, I, I've seen. He's not really hobbling. I've seen him walk up and down the touchline in his in his big coat you, before yeah. games and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, he's I, I, he's certainly out. I think poor old JD just suffers from the fact that he plays in one position and one position only, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think um, you're right. Unfortunately, there's a yeah. quick one here from Neil. Um, we've spoken about Williams. What's going to happen with Williams? But he he asks about just in general, Neil. If you don't mind, I'll just. Um, generalized in terms of deregistering players in January there's been a lot of chat in the in the telegram um, messages uh, about it not being the done thing um, but again from a club perspective you know do you look who do you look after do you keep for example Lee Evans registered on the off chance he may be fit for the last six weeks of a season or do you find yourself in a position where you have to unfortunately unregister deregister someone to get another body in who was going to be immediately available. It's, there's going to be a lot of, as I said before, a lot of jiggery pokery and toing and froing before the end of the uh, end of the transfer window. But I think Evans and Aluka are probably the the more pressing matters. Mikey, do you think? Yeah, I, I I can't see it happening because I just don't see us getting enough players out without bringing players in. So I think we're just going to end up bal- balancing out, and we'll just end up with the same the same number of players in the squad mm. with including Evans and Aluko. I I can't see us signing five players and only letting two or three go out. And that's mm. the only way that I can see us deregistering Evans or Aluko. I don't mm. think we'd deregister Aluko while he's while he's still fit and he, he had quite a played quite well when he came on against QPR as well. Maybe and as we've seen it it doesn't yesterday. take 
it doesn't take too many injuries or suspensions to find yourself in requirement. And all of a sudden, when you think you're fully covered in certain positions, mm. within a week, you're playing centre halves, uh, sorry, centre midfielders or and centre halves in fullback positions, aren't you? Um, I mean, when you, just, well, sorry, when you look at it, our start to the season, our first half of the season, injury wise, was just a suspension, mm. well, other than Morsey for a game, was just incredible, really, wasn't it? You know, it was yeah. going to come at some point. Um, it's just unfortunate. It's come to arguably one of our two key players. Yeah, absolutely. Most integral, aren't they? Um, quick one here from Zorro Arc. Uh, in terms of our transfer dealings, um, do you think it's more likely we get a striker that we've been linked with? Um, and someone else, sorry, I apologize, I've got Kiefer Moore um, and Jay Stansfield, he's put here. Or will it be a complete left field move like the last two? So, yeah, in terms of our transfer dealings and, and the general in-the-know experts, um, no one saw... Um, Travis signing on Friday until the Amazing, guy was literally holding up the scarf on the pitch, did he? When when when, it, when I heard it was a Blackburn midfield, I thought, hey, surely I haven't got that out of Portland. Come on. We really mean business, but no, um, choking apart, no. Um, well, no, it wouldn't surprise us at all, would it? Would it would it surprise us? No, it wouldn't. You know, how how okay, so there was some sort of talk about Sarmiento before he before he signed, I think, a day or so before he signed, but um, you know. Travis came certainly, as, as as you said there, certainly out of left field. So would it surprise me if a, an unnamed forward came <laughs> in? No, it wouldn't. I think it would be more of a surprise if it if it was Stansfield or more. I think it would be now, wouldn't it? <laughs> Especially as, yeah, more yeah. scored against Bournemouth. Pro- problem we you have with, with strikers is that we need these teams to probably sign another striker to be able to, to get yeah. one, don't we? So... Yeah. That, so this is going to drag on probably throughout January unless there's yeah there's somebody else out there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking of, everywhere for 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 a centre forward that we could sign. Yeah, you're sort of finding yourself in the position as you rightly say, Mikey, is that you're looking for someone else who's now considered surplus to requirements that their existing club, or mm. as promotion given has said here, you go out and sign a top grade striker and just give someone enough cash that. You know, yeah. makes it an offer too good an offer to uh, refuse. But who's going to be selling their first choice striker in January, apart from Steve Bruce and Huddersfield, Dave? <laughs> I mean, you're kind, of, you're kind of looking at uh, perhaps we are looking at someone like that, Corley Woodrow, who perhaps would be surplus to requirements. I mean, obviously, Colby Bishop's been mentioned. Well, he's 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 certainly not, and he's going to probably he's going to cost top dollar I think for a league one he's having a good season again so he's going to cost probably top dollar for a league one striker so perhaps we are looking more at that that Corley Woodrow type striker who perhaps would fit the Hurst um, mould quite quite well but yeah we shall see in the coming um, I'd be very surprised and yeah ever so well I think we'd all be slightly disappointed and very surprised if no one comes in so I'm sure someone will come in but yeah let's mm. um Let's, Clock is let's see. Clock is ticking. Um, just yeah. a couple more. Thank you very much for all these questions, guys. I so say there's there's an awful lot of questions here. I'm I'm trying to make my way through them, but I'll um, try and link a couple in um, to one. Uh, one from B Pim here. Is there a different style of play that we can put out there? Others know how to shut us down, and then link to that. Phil asks: Is the Sarmiento signing an insurance policy for Broadhead to move to being a false nine, Mikey? Yeah, well, Kieran McKenna's a fantastic coach, isn't he? And he's he's really modern, modern and forward thinking. And you see a lot of the top coaches 
in the Premier League and and outside do play that false nine, whether they'll or they'll play three tens hmm. and no and no number nine. So, and the fact that he he's gone to it a couple of times in games, not not for very long, and he's put Broadhead in that position. I think Joe was suggesting maybe Harness was the most likely to do it, but it looks like if we are going to do it, it's going to be Broadhead. I think that we've got a bit of time on the training ground. Can he he maybe get Broadhead ready to play that role? It's going to be difficult, isn't it? But but is that maybe a better option than than uh, the Dapo who's looking short on confidence at the moment? Hmm. I think it's it's such a physical for it, but. but it's such a physical role, isn't it, Dave? That that our centre forward has to play, and it you know, is. We know of all Nathan Broadhead's plus points. You know his physicality and ability to last the full ninety minutes sprinting no. at top. I I, I, I kind of agree with Joe there. I think Harness has perhaps got a more attribute, more physical attribute. Yeah, but it's not. Him. It's not going to be him though, is it? Because no, he's no. I don't, I don't see how it. He's, he's done. No, broad, no. He's put no, Broadhead I don't in that see position. It. Broadhead, you know, at times, it, you know, you know players a false nine it's not as physical like you, you... No, it isn't and, and and there were times like for instance yesterday you know that we say the move that that led to the you know move that led to the second goal you know you could see him you can see what he's about he's playing with his back to goal there he's quite comfortable with his back to goal there um yeah as, as mikey said whole week to work on work on something on the training pit and nothing would to nothing would surprise me what how we line up next next saturday that would be a really interesting one won't it hmm. and some people could um potentially argue that it's a dereliction of duty on somebody's behalf that you're having to have a conversation about playing Marcus Harness up front or Wes Burns up front or Broadhead up front and having someone like Boabo, Gerard Boabo on the bench in um, January. But might be a question for another day. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much for your questions. They've got a couple more to uh, pop up here, but um, we'll quickly um, move on because I say we're running out of time a little bit. We've gone over, but we'll carry on going for another few minutes. In terms of the other ties, it was the FA Cup, by the way, everyone. In terms of the other the other ties that were played yesterday, I won't go, I won't get up the list and go through them all one by one. Um, But things got off to a startling start on Thursday night with Palace versus Everton. Who could have seen that? monstrosity between a Roy Hodgson side and a Sean Dyche side wetting everyone's appetite for uh, the next uh, three or four games. Sammy Smodic put a few noughts on his um, belly, didn't he, with the first half hat-trick? Yeah, that was great. Dan Dan got the aggregate right. He said 4-3, but 5-2. So fair play to Dan, the Blackburn Blackburn pundit who's on our podcast. He got that absolutely absolutely spot on. I don't know if you heard it. We were trying to convince him that perhaps part of exchange deal with Caden Jackson, but sadly, Accrington's far too close to Blackburn and he knew all about him, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. He'd already done his scouting report on that, hadn't he, Uh, (laughs) unfortunately? Um, No disrespect, Caden. No, at all. If you're listening. Coventry smashed Oxford. Oxford are in a bit of a funny old run, aren't they, in, in League One? Newcastle leads past Sunderland. Um, Sheffield Wednesday had a crazy game against oh, um, Cardiff. They'll be hoping they can turn that into some League Four, won't they? Sheffield Wednesday, they seem to have turned a bit of a corner down there. Unfortunately, unfortunately for us, Leicester, Leeds and Southampton all won, so they won't have any um, upcoming fixture con- Well, they will upcoming fixture congestion, won't they? Because they all got through to the... Through to the next round. Um, and our friend Statman pointed out, I think he said it's 13 years since we've had consecutive seasons reaching the fourth round. So read that, read into that. What he you, he uh, also said, will. Um, only once before have we beaten a, 
a team in the FA Cup 3-1 in London and the opposition have had a player sent off. He also said that. So What year was go. that, Dave? Well, that would have been the FA Cup. I, I thought, Hartford, thought, when was that? That would have been the FA Cup semi-final at Highbury. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. And where he gets this crap from, honestly. I just... He's, yeah, Off the top of his head as well. I just plucks it out. I don't know. He does it. So in terms of the draw, it's Monday night. It's before the um, latest Man U um, FA Cup tie live on on telly um but as it's before the match they're actually they've got a schedule to hit and they won't be dragging it out like they tend to sometimes so um, i think it's due to be happening about 10 to 8 on monday evening we are ball number 11 in tomorrow's draw um and just in line with that a question here from steve to you guys what would you what is your you've already said dave potentially an away trip to um Tottenham would be top of your towards the top of your list. Yeah. But what would you what would you be after? A potential free hit to get into the next yeah, round? Yeah, either a... that a top team away, so it's sort of like Spurs or a Liverpool or some Man City, something like that. Top team away, I think, or a free hit at home. Yeah. Mikey, any preferences? Any particular teams that you want? Any um brunch locations in South <laughs> London that uh, take your fancy, was, your fancy? Just something to see if Forest Green is still in the cupboard. I think they are, Mikey. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a when in Rome thing. Yeah, I yeah. was I was living the Ellsfield life just for one day. Um, I I'd quite like Everton or Crystal Palace. Uh, Everton away, I haven't seen us play at Goodison. It's not going to be there for much longer. Mm-hmm. And Crystal Palace, obviously, my uh, wife oh, and in-laws yeah. are Crystal Palace fans. So so I wouldn't mind that draw or Maidstone at home. I've seen a couple of people say that yet. Yeah, Sean O'Halloran has said Maidstone at home yet yeah, because. It's an opportunity to to play play some youngsters, isn't it? And might be cheap tickets as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a few few people coming in with sim- long similar lines. I say, I'm I think I'm the same as you, Mikey. I wouldn't mind a, a trip to Everton for the same reason, just before they um, knock Goodison down. Um, but then failing that, it'd be nice. It'd be nice for people who've got kids of a certain age who have potentially haven't been to to Premier League grounds yet to yeah. to go and see any any Premier League ground of, of yeah. any description, really, I think. Yeah, just to sort of get your eye on him before next season, right? Yeah. That's right, yeah, get your travel plans um, yeah. yeah, sorted. Yeah, brilliant. Um, well, thank you very much, uh, gents. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very, very much to everyone who's who's joined us in the chat. There's been hundreds of, literally hundreds of you, um, and the associated uh, comments have all been gratefully received. Um, Thank you to Mikey. Thank you to Dave for your time. Apologies for ribbing you slightly, Mikey, during the show. No All in good spirits. Um, and as I say, we'll be back on Thursday live at 8 p.m. for the for the pre-match show. And as ever, the flagship will be live Sunday night at 8 p.m. also. So thanks very much to me. Have a good week. And we shall see you at the times previously advised. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants.
This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.